0: Amen. Don't you just love the Lord? Amen. Isn't it good to be in His presence? Amen. Hey, listen, we know we know that we don't have to gather here to be in the presence of the Lord. You can do that on a daily basis. You know that, right? But I'm telling you, it's just fun. It's just fun whenever we can worship together. Whenever we get to high-five and see you and encourage one another, I tell you, it's, it's great. So thank you for being here. As Pastor Chach has already let you know, we're continuing in this series entitled Voices. Voices. We've, we've talked about who are you listening to in a world full of so many voices and so many opinions and so many people telling us where to go and what we should be about. Who are we to listen to? We believe that the creator God in heaven is the only one, say only, the only one that is worth listening to. Amen? What is God saying to you? Well, you've got to determine that. He's speaking. And as you press in and dial into him, you need to determine what God is saying to you. You see, each and every one of you, God has a specific calling and a plan and a purpose for your life. And he's speaking to you and calling out to you in a certain way. He wants you to know his heart. What is he saying? Well, dial in and listen. When is he speaking? Well, we determine that he's not just speaking on Sunday mornings at 8:30 when we're gathered here at 130 FM 1376, right? God is speaking to us each and every day, every moment. And here's the deal about our great God. He not only speaks to us in those good times in life, the mountaintop moments, but even in your struggles, even in our pain, even in our difficulty, those dark times. Listen, God is still there with you, right? Where can I go to get away from your presence? The psalmist declared, I can't go anywhere. You are there, God. On the mountains and in the valleys, he speaks to us, right? And so what are we to do with all that now? Well, today the question is this. Where can I go to hear from God? Where can I go? If he's always speaking, if I should be listening to him, if he's saying something to me, and, and, and if, I, if he's always, where can I go to hear from God? You ready for this? Go to the quiet place. The quiet place. See, so you thought I was going to say you need we all need to go to, to some compound or some mountain in Colorado, right? Or, or we all need to go to, to Bethel, right, in order to hear from God. Or we all need to go to camp, or we all need to go to women's Bible study, or we, we all need to, to, to go to the biggest conference that, that comes into town, right? Nothing wrong with those things. And I'm telling you, you can go to those places and definitely hear from God. But let me just keep it simple for you today. I want to encourage us to go to the quiet place. The quiet place. You ever found a verse in the Bible that, well, you know it's there, but. You'd never have read it before or really understood the depth of it. I found one of those such verses. In the book of Revelation... The book, of, and I know that that's probably not the number one Devo reading time of you with books of the Bible and all of those things, but because it's deep stuff, I was reminded this week from someone though we need to understand Revelation. We need to know what it's saying to us, and we don't need to be afraid or scared or intimidated by that book. But in Revelation chapter eight verse one, I stumbled across this verse that speaks to the quiet place and being silent. Look what it says: When the Lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. How many of you have ever read that verse? Let me see your hands. Really? You guys, come on up and just finish the message for me today. And you, you guys, you guys are so much better than I am. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. So, such a small verse I believe, relays such a huge truth. You see, sometimes when we encounter the awesome presence and the power of God, all we can do is be silent. (laughs) And this concept isn't new to us. I mean, we've, we've experienced moments of silence in our lives, haven't we? Maybe in those times whenever we, we experience something monumental or something epic in our lives. For some of us, we're silenced at the end of, of a great movie. I'll never forget the first time I saw Schindler's List, and that movie just left me going, Or maybe that first time you saw the, the Passion of the Christ, and, and I'll never forget, the, the lights came up in, 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 in the movie theater, and we all still just sat there. We could not move. You've been there. We, we can be silenced in the presence of, of maybe even people that, that we greatly admire. Maybe there's some celebrity that you're just awestruck with. Maybe there's some musician or whatever. One of the time, things I like to do is, is I like to ask people the question, hey, listen, if you could go see any concert anywhere in the world, who would you go see, right? And, and, and to me, they're, they're, there's a concert and there's a group, and, and I'm just praying that God would impress it upon somebody's heart listening to this sermon today to send me to Ireland to see you too. And I don't get starstruck, but doesn't that just sound like awesome? And I would just sit there going, oh. I mean, I'm there. You're like that. There's something or someone or some experience that you probably can recall in, in, in your mind in which you've just been awestruck with. You've sat in silence. You see, being silent is our natural response when we experience admiration, when we experience reverence, when we experience respect or fear of, of something or someone. But how often, as human beings, do we experience silence? That verse back in Revelation chapter 8, verse 1 says that heaven fell quiet, complete silence. For about half an hour. When was the last time you or I really remained completely silent for a half hour? Aside from sleeping. Some of you feel like maybe you just got about 30 minutes of sleep last night, right? But aside from sleeping, when was the last time you were just silent for 30 minutes? If your life is anything like mine, we, we can go from, from church to work, we can go from sports outings to family gatherings, we can, can go from deadlines to, to Facebook and, and, and silence to, to so many of us might just seem like a pipe dream, right? In such a fast-paced and 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 busy world, is it even possible, is it even possible for us to slow down? In 1967, how many of you remember 1967? You were alive and present. Let me see. see A few of you guys. Yes, awesome. I'm a 70s baby. Amen. Any 70s babies in the house? We're going to dominate and take over, aren't we? We are. In 1967, experts on time management delivered a report to the U.S. Senate. These experts believed that the speed of technology and satellites And robotics would present a big problem to the American workplace in the years to come. The problem? People would have too much free time. They concluded, quote, that by 1985, people might have to choose between working 22 hours a week, 27 weeks a year, or retiring at the age of 38. Good call, experts, right? (laughs) Right? If I had a time machine, I would go back and fire all of them. They, 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 they thought that be, because of all of these advances, we would have to choose. 20, I work 27 hours a day, it seems like, right? And some of you are going, that's not mathematically possible. You're right, but I feel like that. Anybody ever want to retire at the age of 38? Some of you have already blown that out of the water. You've worked two lifetimes already, haven't you? Right? The experts. Almost 50 years since they made that presentation to the United States Senate. And it seems that we're moving even faster than the year 1967. Are you with me? We're obsessed with being busy. We're obsessed with getting things done quickly. Our pace is simply out of control. Anybody feel like that today? Yeah. Man, for some of you, this is, this is the best hour and 15-minute nap during the week, isn't it, for you? We're just out of control. If we were to compare our pace to the pace of Jesus' life, guys, I'm telling you, there aren't many similarities. Jesus was never rushed. Jesus wasn't overwhelmed by life. Even though he had enormous a, a, an enormous mission to complete in such a very short period of time. Jesus, I don't, you never find him. He didn't rush because he moved at God's pace. Ooh, somebody needed to hear that. He moved at God's pace. <clears throat> Can I just tell you something, Dave? Can I just, I, I, th- th- I just, th- this is rich. Th- this is so big for you four words today that can change your life here's what you need to know hurry isn't from god hurry isn't from god amen next time our wife says would you please hurry just say get behind me satan just kidding don't you call her satan if you want to eat again besides whataburger right No, hurry is, a guy last week said, Pastor, you're always throwing the men under the bus. I'm trying, I'm an equal opportunity throwing under the bus type of preacher. Amen, so, no, I'm just kidding. Hurry isn't from God. Hurry is the world's pace, but it's not the pace of the kingdom. Are you with me? Listen, culture's obsession with busyness and hurriedness isn't just, I believe, a schedule A scheduling problem. You know what it is? It's a heart problem. It's time to consider for us, I believe, what a hurried life is doing to us. What is this hurried life costing us? For one thing, I believe that a hurried life destroys your relationship with God. A Chinese pastor by the name of Wing Mandao said this. We have so much to do that we never really commune with God as he intended in the Garden of Eden. Intimacy with God, listen church, still requires stillness. It requires attentiveness and it requires silence. You must get off life's busy freeway in order to grow closer to God. Some of you this morning, how can I hear from God? When can I hear from God? Where do I need to go to hear from God? I'm telling you, go to the quiet place. You need to slow down. You need to back off the throttle. You need to slow down. It's destroying your relationship with God. We see this demonstrated in the life of Jesus himself. Jesus frequently removed himself from the world, we can read time and time again about him spending time alone in prayer and solitude, even apart from his disciples. And in this, it was in these moments that Jesus received the strength... To fulfill his mission. It was in these moments of being alone in prayer and solitude that he received the confidence to continue his mission. It was in these moments of being alone in prayer and solitude that he received the wisdom to discern the ways of God from the ways of the world. Listen, if Jesus needed it and if Jesus did it, how much more do we need it in our lives today? He's the son of God for Pete's sake. Right? I don't know who Pete is, but for his sake, listen, he was the Son of God. And if he needed that time in order to refocus, in order to hear from his Father in heaven, you see, I'm not just making this stuff up. Jesus demonstrated and modeled it for us. And oh man, if the one who can calm waters, if the one who can raise the dead, if the one who can raise himself from the dead needed times of prayer and solitude, how much more do we as weak and frail and feeble human beings. We need it, don't we? We need it. Unless you spend extended periods of time and, uh, alone with God through prayer and solitude and Sabbath, I'm telling you, the speed of the world is going to skew. It's going to jack with your understanding of who God is. We must be quiet. We must. Be still. We must get alone. Because all of these things that the world is throwing at us, the black writings, all of those messages, unless we, I'm telling you, we're going to begin to believe what they say. Right? And anxiety and unrest and discontentment, they're going to hover over your life like a dark storm cloud unless You take up the words of the psalmist in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, that says, To be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. He doesn't say, Get really active and crazy busy in life so I can show you. No. He didn't say, Attend more stuff and fill your calendar with religious church gatherings and, and meetings and, and oh, so that I could. No, again, nothing wrong with any of those things. But even the psalmist, back in a day and age where oh, all he had to do was get sheep from point A to point B. Who wouldn't want that gig, right? Who wouldn't want? He understood. Oh, man, I need to slow down. You sheep are moving way too fast. You ever seen a sheep move? Wow. If David couldn't handle that. Dude, can you imagine him living today? Wow. Be still and know that I am God. I'm telling you, a hurried life destroys your relationship with God. You know what also a hurried life will do to you? It will increase narrow-mindedness and legalism. Now, you need to listen right here. A, a, a hurried life increases narrow-mindedness and legalism. In today's world, information is at our fingertips, isn't it? Any podcast from almost any preacher can be accessed with just a few clicks. You, 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 you know you don't even have to go to a bookstore anymore to, to buy books. You, you, you can buy books on your phone. You, you, you know, you, you, don't act, you don't even have to, 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 to open a book or pull off that encyclopedia Britannica off your shelf anymore to find information about some people group in Zambia. You don't. You can just Google it. And Google quickly is going to answer you in just a matter of seconds. I mean, with all this information, you would think that Christians would know more about God than ever. But that's just the problem. Information teaches you about God, but it doesn't connect you to Him. Ooh, rewind the tape. Information teaches you about God, but it doesn't connect you to Him. You see, information increases knowledge. But let me remind you knowledge alone leads. To legalism. Knowledge alone leads to legalism. I had an incredible conversation with a young man last night over a buffet line. Fajita buffet bar. You know some of the most meaningful conversations happen with people over a fajita buffet bar. Amen? In fact, I'm just telling you, I think that that's a new new ministry strategy for us. Let's just flood restaurants and hang out. This young man was saying, hey, tell me, how did you know when you wanted to become a pastor, a preacher? And so I began to share with him. I said, son, sit down. Let's talk. No, I (laughs) just... And he began, and, and, But he asked me this question about schooling and what he needed to do in order to pray. And here's what I told that young man. I said, son, I said, listen, I am not against higher education. I, I, I'm not. I'm not against higher education. It's okay. But I can tell you something that's greater, and it's called anointing. Anointing. If there's anything that I would, 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 would pray for you, and I don't even remember his name. Don't remember his name. I'm praying for the anointing of God on your life, not just knowledge about God. Amen. You remember David, David was the runt of the crew, right? He probably used to get pummeled by his brothers, but David was the anointed one, wasn't he? How many men and women have we overlooked because of they did not have the book skills or the higher education or all the degrees after their name? I are one of those. I am. You're looking at a guy and you probably can tell, I've never finished seminary, but I think God's up to something and he's used me to kind of tell his story to a few folks over the last 26 years. And I'm not against that, but I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we can be so consumed with knowledge that we miss connection. Are you with me? Listen, truly knowing God requires discernment and wisdom. Those things grow incrementally through reflection. They grow through times of solitude and prayer. And listen, don't mistake this, even Christ-centered community. Christ, Listen, listen you, 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 yes, you don't have to do this in order to meet with God. He will meet you one-on-one in your own prayer time. But show me in Scripture where this is also not commanded. That we gather with others in community, Christ-centered community, to mutually encourage and spur one another on. I think it says in Scripture, all the more as we see the day approaching. Say there are no Lone Ranger Christians. You see? The difference between knowledge and wisdom is is really easily seen in the difference between the disciples and the Pharisees. Right? Right? The, the difference between, between knowledge and wisdom is, is, is really played out between that group of men known as the disciples that walked with Jesus and, and the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees. See, the, the disciples, they had minimal knowledge about, about God, but they recognized Jesus when he approached. The Pharisees had this wealth of knowledge. Ah, oh, but weren't they the ones that crucified Jesus when he approached? You see, if we're not careful, this hurried life and being able to just podcast and download and, and, and Google, you know, whatever. If we're not careful, we can be so consumed with that, with knowledge and information, and we can miss connection with our creator. Now listen, I'm not anti-podcast. I'm not. In fact, I know that there are so many people that will call or text us and say, hey, thank you so much for for, for putting Pastor Jason's sermons uh, up, up on the, on the internet. And, and I'm just amazed that, you know, people besides my mom and dad listen to those things. But here's the deal. Make no mistake about it. <clears throat> I would much rather have your butt in a seat in this auditorium to worship with us. I really would. There's something special. Here's the deal. You, you, you don't catch the presence, I don't think, fully of the Spirit by listening online. How many times have you pulled into this church campus and through the interaction with someone on this campus or through, through a song that we sang? Do, do you not experience God when we sing together? I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, come on. I think we can show some honor. They're listening right now. Hey, worship team, these people are clapping for you because God uses you to, to bring us face-to-face with the Spirit. He does. He does. There's something special about gathering with God's people. One last thing real quick. A hurried life, I believe, clouds your purpose and diminishes your passion. A hurried life clouds your purpose and it diminishes your passion. Purpose is such a trendy word in today's culture. In fact, it's almost more elusive than the Loch Ness Monster, isn't it? In in, in this hurried culture, our life's purpose is oftentimes determined by what you do. Do what feels good. Do what you want. In this hurried culture in which we live in, our purpose is oftentimes determined by what you do. It's what you can hold. But can I just tell you something? God's idea of purpose isn't about doing. It's about becoming. God's idea of purpose isn't about doing. It's about becoming. Listen, you can do good things for God. You can But if those things don't flow from the relationship that you have with God, discovering your purpose will feel a lot like looking for a two-legged unicorn. Some of you will get that in just a little while. It won't happen. It won't happen. You see... What what I do and for me to understand and know God's heart and what his calling is on my life is going to come as as I am in relationship with him. And I'm just telling you, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to develop a strong, healthy relationship with God when I'm constantly like that hamster in the wheel just spinning and I'm not getting anywhere. Anybody ever feel that way? We must slow down. We must move to the quiet place in order to have any hopes or dreams of hearing from God and knowing what his call is on our life. Listen, your life's pace matters. It matters. And unless you move at God's speed, you won't see the world through God's lens. It's time to slow down. Can I just let you, let you in on something? I don't believe that God is impressed with exhaustion. He isn't glorified when when you take on so many responsibilities that with that that, that your soul floods with unrest and discontentment. Listen, feeling burnt out isn't a badge of honor. It's not. Some of us need to take our foot off the gas. And we need to be still and know that he is God. Some of us need to move to the quiet place so that we can truly hear what he's saying. Hey, could it be that we have spent so much energy doing things for Jesus? And for those people in our lives and for those people in our ministry, could it, could it be that we've, we've been doing so many things for him that we've missed out on experiencing the awesome presence of God in our lives? In fact, just a show of hands, how many of you can relate to that statement? That I've been so busy that there are times in which I will declare honestly that I've missed the awesome presence of God in my life those times that just leave you speechless listen god is continually doing some miraculous incredible things around us and in our lives and so oftentimes we just miss it we miss those all moments we miss those moments where we're just like god you are so good because we're hurried and we're trying to get from here to there and we're doing, 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 and we've bought into the lie that doing, doing, doing is really how you grow, grow, grow. It's not. Sometimes we just need to get, take our foot off the gas. And so maybe all of us could, could participate in something this week. Are you up for a challenge? Connor, are you up for a challenge, bro? you up for a challenge this week? Max, you ready for a challenge? Can I give you a challenge this week? I want to challenge us to doing a silent day. A silent day. No cell phones, no text messages, no computers, no, no, no talking. For an entire day. Some of you right now, your blood pressure is off the chart, isn't it? You're going, how will I survive? I don't know. I just think it worked for Jesus. And he's still alive and active and on the throne. I think you'll be okay. What would happen? What, what if during that time we, we would just reflect on who God is? What if we would just reflect on what God has done in our lives? What, maybe what He's trying to tell us. Maybe if you and I could just cut out all of the business and distractions that we face every day. Listen, we just might hear the voice of Him. We just might hear God's voice. The one who causes the heavens to be silent. Listen. If it's okay for heaven to go silent for 30 minutes, don't you think it's probably okay for us to do the same? Just listen. I know that we can hear from God if we'll just slow down enough to listen. As our worship team's coming back up, I just want to give you some bonus Bible verses today. Just kind of the Cliff Notes version real quick about what the Bible says about rest and what the Bible says about silence. And this is not all of it. I'm just going to get you started. Maybe in your day of silence you can find some more. but, But just look what David said in Psalm chapter 62. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock. my salvation my fortress where I will never be shaken the author of Hebrews writes God's promise of entering his rest still stands and so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience Jesus even said in Matthew chapter 11 come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is what? It's light. And then again what the psalmist David writes in our key verse today of Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout Listen, will you slow down this week and let your creator speak to you? He's got so much he wants to say. He's good. He is so good, isn't he? Why would we not dial into him? In fact, someone here today needs to understand that he's good and that he loves you. And that is something he's been trying to get your attention with for far too long. Today, I'm just wondering if, if today might be the day that in the, in the, in the process of, of listening for the last 30 minutes, you might just come down and say, you know what? God is good and I need to, I probably ought to surrender my life to him. Would you be willing to take that step today? He's calling and, and he's been calling you for a long time. Is today the day that you would say, you know what? I'm tired of trying to manage life and do it on my own. Today's the day I am going to say yes to God. Or maybe there's someone here today that you're going through something. There's a difficulty that you're facing. And, and maybe God has a word for you. And he's been trying to say, hey, listen, here, here's what I think you should do. Or, hey, listen, here's what my plan is for life. But you're just so hurried. You're just so busy and you can't hear from Him. Maybe in this moment, maybe He's wanting to speak to you and you ought to respond to that. I want to ask you to stand with me today. And, and I've asked Chaj and Dave to lead us in that new song that we sang today, just just briefly I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and make themselves available and today if you want to respond to Jesus and give him your life for the first time maybe today you're dealing with something and you just need a word of encouragement from the Lord that maybe he wants to deliver through one of our prayer ministry team members I want you to come as we sing these words